When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Timmy Otter of VikingUpdate.com is uh, with us. Uh, the craziness has not subsided up there. I'm down in Fort Myers, but uh, it sounds like people are still goofy. Yeah, why wouldn't they be? I mean, it's, yes. it's a uh, an NFL record type of game, and the Vikings are, for one time in their history, on the right side of it. And uh, it is the uh, greatest moment in Viking history, and uh, I don't think uh, you know as a guy who was uh, who was uh, observing not at the game, but uh, when they started off by beating the hell out of the Chicago Bears in that opener in uh, 1961, uh, that was a pretty fantastic moment. But we might uh, this is better. This is amazing. Yeah, I mean the the time that it happened, no time left on the clock. You get uh, a, a complete whiff of a tackle that I still don't understand what he was doing. No. And, you know, you go back and you look at that, Patrick, and he not only missed Stephon Diggs, but he also took out the, the other cornerback, Ken Crawley, who likely would have been able to get Diggs at least out of bounds. So, yes. you know, that, that would have then brought up the very interesting scenario of, does Kai Forbath hit a field goal that would have been somewhere around 48, 45 yards? Or maybe, if he runs a little further, 38 yard. It could have been a 38-yarder, and they could have uh, gotten rid of all the uh, demons. But, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, everybody says, well, Diggs would outran that guy. Diggs was still floundering to get to his feet when this guy ran over uh Ran over the other the the cornerback Crawley. So uh, yeah, I, I think I he would have tackled the, him. The, I looked at the film of that play again uh, today, and Crawley was about three yards behind Diggs as Diggs' hit feet hit the ground, and you know Diggs took one step toward the sideline as well. So Crawley had all the momentum needed to catch up to to Diggs. I think he would have caught up to him if he hadn't been taken out by Marcus Williams. Yes. So what, uh, you know, we, we lose sight of a lot of things uh, when, with a play like that, and for damn good reason. Were they, uh, the offensive line gave up quite a bit of pressure, and uh, are they, is, is the new configuration, uh, the way they're going to keep going here? What did they think of their offensive line play, do you think? Well, I think it is going to keep going. Um just because I, I think that, in their minds, that's the best five offensive linemen out there, and I tend to agree with them. I think a lot of the pressure dealt with Rashad Hill going up against Cam Jordan, and you know that that's a that's a hell of a matchup for Rashad Hill to be 
put in, but uh, you know he. I think it was like seven pressures that he was credited with giving up. Um, you know, it's going to be a little bit different against uh, Philadelphia. I think Fletcher Cox is the guy that they are going to have to be worried about, and that's why I think having a guy like Mike Remmers, a little bit bigger body, will be good to have on the interior of the offensive line for the Vikings in Philadelphia. How big is Remmers? Um, well, I mean, he's he's, he's of tackle he's tall. size, yeah, he's you know, so. Size. So I, I think it helps uh, to have him going up against Fletcher Cox and maybe a double uh, Pat Elfline on him and, and try to help neutralize that. But either way, I think it's going to be a, a tough task for, for the Vikings to get a real good running game going in, in this one. And the other thing is, you know, Vikings defense built on speed, um, playing at Lincoln Financial, that's going to be a difficult surface for them to play on because – Quite frankly, it's a pretty brutal, beat-up field. It has been for a while, and I've watched the last couple of the Eagles games there. It's not easy to get traction, so that's I think that's going to be a key part of that game. Does Temple play there too? Do they uh, they get do they get a lot of games there? I'm not sure. If they do uh, I'm not. not sure. Is that their home field or not? I don't know. I don't know, I don't, I don't know if it is. Or I just not, know but... that you know in a lot of the uh, the games there the past few weeks with the Eagles. The footing has not been great. We've seen players slipping around, and uh, it could be a great equalizer in this game. Hey Tim, they it it it's it amazes me that uh, teams in the northern climes, Chicago included, with their god awful field, just don't go for the with the modern turf as good as it is. Why they don't go for turf, I have no idea. Unless yeah, well, if you do that, you remember TCF Bank Stadium when the Vikings were playing there in December, or yes. January, and Favre hits his head. You got to have the heating coils under those. <laughs> yeah, that oh, oh yeah, you 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 certainly do. What uh, what were you? I mean, Breeze is fantastic, and you weren't going to hold him all day. Did they? Uh, what What did they find out defensively in the second half? Just Just how good Breeze is, and no no real problems to worry about. Yeah, I mean, I think the the coverage in general was really pretty good. Um, some of those throws you just have to chalk up to Breeze. I mean, you look at the the fourth and ten throw that he had was was excellent. Um, and, you know, I thought it was interesting that the previous three, it was Michael Thomas, Michael Thomas, Michael Thomas, and then he finally goes to Sneed and, and gets them into into field goal range. The You know, on the others, in this game, though, I think the the key is going to be who do the, the Vikings have on Zach Ertz? Is it linebackers? Is it Harrison Smith? Is it, you know, Anthony Harris if he's playing in place of Sandejo? Um, you know, I, I think the Vikings cornerbacks are well equipped to keep up with what, what the Eagles have out there. I would expect Xavier Rhodes will be on Alshon Jeffrey and that'll be a good battle to watch. But to me, the, the key offensive player, uh, at least in the passing game is Zach Ertz for the Eagles. What, uh, what was your assessment of uh, Keenum's performance? I mean, he makes the throw that uh, sets it up that they might have been able to, even if they hadn't got the miracle touchdown, they would have had a chance to kick a field goal. Uh, what, uh, beyond that, he probably had more uh, goofy plays than he's had in a while, didn't you think? Yeah, I mean, I think he got way out of, way out of his comfort zone trying to, trying to loft that, that pass down the right sideline that got picked off. That was... That was one of those boneheaded moments. Um, you know, besides that, I, I think he played pretty well. I also think he got away with another pass that actually reminded me of the 2009 championship interception that Favre threw 
uh, where where Keenum had all day in the world. He ends up rolling out to his right, and then he throws it across his body near the goal line to Diggs. You know, different field position than what Favre was throwing for when uh, I think it was Bernard Barry and he was going for. But uh, you know, good job by Diggs to come back and get that one. Overall, you know, in the last month or so, uh, I think there can be some concerns that. Keenum might be holding on to the ball a little bit too long in certain situations where you'd like to see him go one read, two read, maybe get rid of the ball, and he's taking some sacks. So a little bit uneven performance, but given the fact that it was his first playoff game of his career, you know, not not bad, and he certainly stood tall in the moment. Uh, Tim Ayotter's with us, VikingUpdate.com. Uh, the, uh, yeah, the fact that... Uh, that there has been a little more uh, pressure lately too might have some. Although they they were they were so conservative playing down the stretch that they didn't really, they, you know they they just kind of rode that defense and uh, that that made it that Rhodes and uh, Mike Thomas uh, battle was interesting. Uh, Xavier gets a little upset when uh, somebody catches one on him, doesn't he? That's probably what makes him so great. Well, there's that, and I think he was extremely upset about the hit that Sandeo took that knocked him out, and I think that got Rhodes out of his comfort zone a little bit, you know, where he he is such a a laid-back guy off the field, but you see that in Harrison Smith, too, really laid-back off the field, but really intense on the field, and um, you know, Rhodes, I thought he he played pretty well. just a, a good matchup there again, and uh, I would expect Rhodes will be even better against Alshon Jeffrey, especially given the quarterback that he'll be facing and the weather conditions as well. Tim, how long have you been covering the Vikings? Uh, ninety-five was the first year. Well, they've had uh, they they had uh, you know ninety-eight. You have to say they were set up pretty dang well because they were playing Atlanta at home after drilling the Cowboys. But man, it is set up here. <laughs> this is yeah. It, it really I mean, is. Uh, you, you know, get the... I, I don't think there's any doubt though that the Vikings, given their choice, would rather be playing the Falcons at U.S. Bank yes. Stadium. Uh, you know, they're just they they really do feed off that crowd, and it was. It was an incredible environment to be there on Sunday. Oh yeah, it was uh, it was astounding. I was down here in a tiki bar watching some crazy hundred Viking fans going goofy, including uh, uh, some crazy young ladies. But it was it was uh, <laughs> it is it is uh, it is amazing uh, when uh, when something great happens to the Vikings. How eh, how we find out how universally invested the state of Minnesota is in these people. Yeah, I mean, there's, first of all, no doubt that this is a Vikings town. And secondly, I, I think it was just this unbelievable relief that went through the, the crowd at the stadium. And I'm sure, you know, another million fans throughout the state as well. And it's kind of like, for once, by God, something went their way instead of against them in a big moment. All right, Tim, thanks for your time, sir. All right, thanks, Patrick. Uh, Tim Yotter, uh, VikingUpdate.com. Uh, One of uh, n- numerous uh, people who does a hell of a job uh, covering the Vikings. And uh, I, I saw that the Star Tribune had, uh, uh, on Monday, I saw something they tweeted out or were talking about maybe in-house, 450% more traffic uh, than they would they expected going into the day, <laughs> even with the Vikings playing a playoff wow. game. Uh, so 
the difference between just winning the game and winning it in that fashion was uh, multiplied it probably by four. <laughs> the, that it probably multiplied the hysteria by four. Don't you think? Oh, the fact absolutely. That they want it in that manner. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, we uh, shall return. We're bringing back an oldie but a goodie. Annie. Manny, yes, you, you and I sure called that Gopher Penn State game. We, ah. I, pre- I predicted 47 <laughs> 42. They damn near made it to 100. I thought they I were going to be. I didn't realize Penn State just didn't guard it, just basically went up and down and didn't try to guard anybody. Well, remember yesterday I said I thought there were going to be fewer points scored in this game than there was in the Jacksonville Pittsburgh game yes, on Sunday. Yes, and we end up, uh, what's the final? 94 85. 95 84. 95-84 overtime. Gophers win. And we are going to have a sports person of the day. Uh, and uh, I don't think we... Do we still have the certificates? I don't know if we, we still have, have the certificates. certificates somewhere in here. But I was trying to find the... Uh, didn't we... We used to have a sounder. We have a sounder. Sports person of the day, Jameer Harris. The freshman gets his first start. He had he'd only been averaging like nine or ten minutes a game, less than that in the Big Ten, while they've been giving the uh, minutes to the brick brick the jelly coated bricklayer Isaiah Washington. <laughs> uh, well, Isaiah Washington played two minutes last night, wow. and uh, Jameer Harris played thirty six, and they go into overtime, and they're they let. Uh, this car kid hit a three right before the buzzer, and you thought, okay, they're going to figure out a way to lose this one. Well, they did. Penn State had nobody who could do anything with Jordan Murphy, and they get out to a little bit of a lead in overtime, and then Jameer Harris ends up hitting three threes, scored ten points in overtime, and all of a sudden, it doesn't look so bad, right? They they're small, they're small, but they got Murphy. McBrayer and Mason were terrific last night, and now they got a kid who can shoot on the wing. And why he was hiding all year, I don't know. I had people last summer telling me who were watching the, both these guys. You know, I don't what a pulley league wherever they were watching them. They all liked this kid better than Washington because he could shoot the ball. Sure. And uh, he, he wasn't getting many minutes, and when he got in there, he looked kind of desperate. But uh, now all of a sudden. He's only six foot two, one ninety. So he's a you're you're playing a three guard, a straight three guard offense with McBrayer, Mason, and Harris. But uh, that's the way you got to go, right? That's they got a shooter here, and that will allow us to dust off this gem. Now, it's time for Joe and Pat's Sports Person of the Week. <laughs> and here's what I was thinking. Yes, sir. You know who was in charge of Sports Person <laughs> knew, of the Day? I knew we were going to have down here. Yes. Our friend Jamie Hirsch. Mm-hmm. No, Jamie Erdahl. Jamie Erdahl. Jamie Erdahl. Yeah. I mm-hmm. keep getting. There's too damn many Jamies. Jamie Erdahl was our intern, and we gave her this important task, and she's used that to vault onto national TV. She went from there to national TV, right? Yes. I'm wondering if, if we re, if we restart the sports person of the day, if we can get. Jamie to send us some of her promotional photos and sign them. Congratulations. What do you think? 
Well, you think that it That might be perceived as creepy, but we can probably see. <laughs> we can probably see what we could do. Well, we got her started. That's Jamie true. Erdahl. That what is true. What the heck would she be doing? Oh, that if it wasn't for sports person. She, she, if, although she did have the class to say in July, she said, "You know." I'm leaving. There's nothing. You guys can't think up anything for us for me to do. I'm leaving, and uh, so you and think she went off on her own, Jamie Erdahl, and had a great career. But so you think that maybe know, we maybe, weren't maybe utilizing? Just, maybe just notes, because yeah, you're right. If they were like promotional photos, then it might just pass it along. In these times, it might yeah, pass it along the wrong message. Might right? might might be in poor taste. Yeah, mm-hmm. but. but you know that's kind of our specialty, isn't it? It is, it's and you know, poor taste. She's, but anyway. she's always been a she's always had a good laugh about that, whether it's on social media or what have you. So maybe she would play along. Who knows? Yeah, or maybe we can get Jamie to do the voiceover. Oh, there you say, go. Maybe uh, now CBS is she still closely affiliated with CBS Sports? She not? is. In fact, she was sidelined for a Viking game this year. Yeah, because I'm a little worried. Maybe yes, she, they wouldn't the... let her do. Maybe they wouldn't let her do the Baltimore. ESPN it was thing. the Viking. It was Ravens the Baltimore game. game. Yep, that's what it was. Yep. I think uh, you know, but we can <laughs> we can uh, tell them you know don't worry, uh, nobody will notice anyway. Right. So exactly. just just uh, I think maybe we'll but if we bring back the sports person of the day in some form, I think we got to get Jamie involved. You know, somehow. a lot of people, Pat. You know, you've been you've been at this a while. You know, sometimes when you either cover a big event or you're a part of a a magical moment, you might keep a, an article or a, maybe a, a game log from a particular game that was a big part of your career. Do you think that Jamie kept a sports person of the day <laughs> certificate to kind of you know, to... or a diary of the winners, maybe? Oh, uh, that could a, be a it too. Notebook or something. Yeah, that was. Uh, I remember you know. Joe picked some you know skier in Argentina. Oh yeah, yeah, because <laughs> Manny, the deal was Joe and I each had one. Right? Every day. Okay. And then after a while, Joe said, yeah. I just said, <laughs> Joe he, lost a bit of Joe interest. Joe stopped doing it. So then I was not doing this anymore. No, no. So we just had me doing the sports person of the day. But I remember him well, asking Jamie if he could find the address of some skier in Bolivia or, or whatever it was. And she thought, are you out of your mind? Uh, what? Be, uh, you know, well, we, we taught her. How not to use her talents. That's and then right. she put her talents to work, and now she's uh, a national figure. But, Jameer Harris, yes. congratulations. You are the winner of the first return to the sports person of the day. And the question is, where the hell have they been hiding you all year? No kidding. You need a shooter. What have you been waiting for? Uh, three guards, Murphy, best one of the two or three best players in the league, and uh, then you then what difference does it make which one of the big stiffs is playing, right? right. Well, and I posed that question last night watching the game, like, where's this kid been all 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 season? And apparently, well, when they when they recruited him, it was hey, he's a shooter. Apparently, he doesn't like to guard anybody. That was that was why Coach Patino had decided to limit his minutes early in the season. Apparently, well, actually, yeah, Jelly Bean uh, plays better. He steals the ball and stuff. He just, you know, he couldn't, he couldn't, you know, Jamie Erdahl, former St. Olaf basketball player. Yep. She'd kick his ass and oh heavens yes. <laughs> it, would be a, it would be a mismatch. It would be a mismatch, Isaiah Washington. Do you see his stats? No. He's shooting thirty one percent from the field and he's ten out of fifty five on threes. 
He's 18%. That's not going to get the jelly hot, that's for sure. No, no, it's not getting the jelly hot. i got to think the jelly's people are a little hot about playing two minutes, though, don't you? The jelly's probably going to get jammed here in a second, is what you're saying. (laughs) Anyway, congratulations. The Gophers, they look good. I I watched the last 10 minutes in the overtime. They look pretty good. Yes, they did. All right. Well, of course, Penn State. That crowd was deafening, wasn't it? What did you call yeah. it on Twitter? The snake pit? Snake pit. <laughs> Just the Penn State basketball uh. snake pit. They could have played the thing at the Salvation Army Arena in down, in downtown St. Paul. And it they would have had louder. leftover seats. Unbelievable. There couldn't have been a thousand people. No, there. no. I mean, was- every time a kid shot a free throw, the bride was sitting next to me. She goes, is there anybody there? Because <laughs> they'd show the background, you know, of, and yeah. there was nobody in the what would be like the student section behind where the guy would shoot free throws. It was amazing. Yes. All right. We uh, shall return. Johnny Height, and then uh, we'll have a conversation with Chip Scoggins. You know what? Today is going to be remembered as the Mow and Blow Show. It's going to be... Uh, <laughs> three-hour time. Can't today. believe that they misinterpreted our uh, yeah. company's ob- objective. Yeah, Matt Mikulski Jr., when he's a billionaire <laughs> 20 years from now, I say, where did it start? It started with mow and blow. That's right. Lawn service for the professionals. <laughs> That's right. Here is Johnny Hype with a sports update. Thanks, Any but- new news out there, Johnny? Anything <laughs> happening? Nothing, nothing really new. Hey, tomorrow, Trevor May uh, down here rehabbing at uh, at Fort Myers. Fantastic. Uh, before he goes to uh, Twins Fest, will come up and join us cool. uh, for at least a half hour, maybe longer. Fun. Uh, this update sponsored by Shell Oil Company. Get the feeling of being rewarded with gold status at Shell with the Fuel Rewards Program. Download the Fuel Rewards app, join, and start saving five cents a gallon today. Timberwolves in action tonight. Don't, don't not let me Sorry, play the Chris, sounder. Yeah, I kind of rushed you there. You big jerk. Uh-huh. Timberwolves in Orlando <laughs> to play the Magic. Is uh, Trevor going to be out of the bullpen, Pat, or is he going to no, be a starter? No, he's a starter. We had Falvey on the other day. That's what he said. They see him as a starter, and they're right. He is a starter. Change-up, curveball, fastball. Uh, he's, he's, he's got the mix to be a starter, in my opinion, and also the body type. Right? Big yeah, I, I, I agree. Yep, yes. I absolutely agree with that. Sean Payton today downplaying uh, the significance of his taunts at Minnesota Viking fans. <laughs> Pictures of Payton's taunt were first brought to light all over online today. He's gesturing. Uh, he's mocking the Vikings' skull chant as he's clapping his hands above his head, uh, believed to have occurred with 25 seconds remaining right after the Saints took the lead. Well, today he said uh, it was just good, clean fun. Yeah. He said there was a group of fans. It was good playoff fun. That's what he said at his season-ending news conference. I agree say. with him. What the hell? A little agitation. They were agitating him all day, probably. Probably. Huh? He probably should have told Marcus Williams what to yes. do on that last yeah, defensive play instead of doing a stole chance. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, uh, I only caught... But remember the story about him when he, uh, when he won the Super Bowl and... Uh, Jerry, when he won the Super Bowl and he was in that restaurant, the the one expensive restaurant in downtown Indianapolis, and he ordered a big expensive bottle of champagne and then put it on Jerry Jones's bill. Oh, remember, God. remember that story? I yeah, don't. I mean, he, he's got a little of that in, you know, because he came from Dallas. Sure, you know? yeah, yeah. And he and apparently it was Jones's favorite beverage and he took the last bottle of it oh. and and then he left the bill with Jerry Jones and then Jerry, Jerry I guess didn't think it was funny 
That is funny. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> well, Zim, Zim and he coached together last week. Zim said he was a great guy. Yeah, they're buddies. Yeah, yeah, he said yeah. That they're, they used to hang out all the time in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did not get a chance to listen uh, to the Mackey and Judd show yesterday. I had the day off, but I was. Did, did Randy call in? Was Randy okay? I'm, I'm, I'm not, not sure. Because yeah. I looked oh, I'm at his, sure he did. I was looking at his Twitter account. He did keep tabs on everything he consumed uh, on Sunday. <laughs> okay. I drank, and I'm not lying. Two bloodies, <laughs> ten purple shooters, eight cord light, which I think he meant Coors lights, uh-huh. one Yag bomb, a hurricane, and a vodka Red Bull. <laughs> As he calls it, vodka Red Bull, a sober up drink. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Saints punter Thomas Morstead, remember oh, that, he was that poor yeah. guy. Uh, he did not have broken ribs, and he was kind of disappointed about that. He actually has torn cartilage, which is also Ooh. very painful. Uh, I'd leave him in pain probably for two weeks, and he won't be healthy for <laughs> six weeks. They made him line up for the extra point. <laughs> well, he in between, uh, he got a shot to help in the second half. He, remember, he punted in the second half. Wasn't grimacing quite as much. Ah. But some a Vikings fan on Reddit suggested that Minnesota fans donate to his foundation. What you give will grow. Apparently because they thought, well, he's gotten it out, so let's help him out. You um, don't think these guys are, even the punters and the kickers are tough guys in this game, man. Yeah. Morstead didn't find out about this till he got a text message from his foundation's executive director Monday night. And now uh, this is kind of cool. He says uh, they're going to find a hospital here in Minnesota to give back. Uh, the, because that's what his foundation does. It gives back. So they'll give Dude, back to yeah, a hospital yeah. in Minnesota. Should punters really have foundations? Well, if it's going to a good cause, why not? <laughs> All right, that's I, I guess so. But he's a punter. Ray Guy can have a foundation. There is a Dana Quigley or whatever the hell his name is. Dana Quigley can't have a foundation. I, I don't. Know. Well, he did. But, you know, he got hurt saving a touchdown. If he hadn't gotten uh, yes, Marcus Sherrill's, it yes. would have been a touchdown. For that the was Vikings. the first time Marcus has popped one in a while. Yeah. Because yeah. they they punt. Not only do they kick off where you can't return them, they punt the ball so damn high now that uh, you can't return the punts. Either. You know, you are taking your own advice that you gave out at the top of the hour when we were talking about Sean Payton. You do have to stick to agitation when you asked, should punters have a foundation? <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> I think you, you know. Talented. I, I, I don't, I don't. There's got to be a limit of foundation. You can only donate to so many foundations. You know? Everybody, For all we know. you got to have a certain status. He's probably helping orphan kids, you know, in the sure. third well, world country. Well, it actually. From bleep whole country. <laughs> 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 Yep. Kids from bleep whole countries who need life-saving surgery. Okay, but still he's a punter. You know. Uh-huh. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars running back Leonard Fournette was in a car crash today. Uh-oh. He was not injured. Oh. Uh, his car was rear-ended, and the rear bumper was knocked off his 2017 Mercedes Maybach. Ooh, are they a special variety of uh, Mercedes? I'm not, a, I'm not a car guy enough to know, mm-hmm. to be truthful. You know what he did, though? He signed the bumper and gave it to one of the first responders. Really? What a why guy. was it laying in the street? Is that why? Yeah, just <laughs> handed him the bumper, apparently. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's fine. Uh, he'll be good for the game. Uh, don't worry. On Sunday, if you're going for the Jags. So. All right. All right, Johnny. Uh, thank you, sir. You bet. Chip Scoggin, Star Tribune sports columnist. How did the, uh, the uh, basketball game come out today? Not well. We took a, we took a loss. Oh no! Has it been a we good a, year a, or a bad year? 
Um, we've lost more than we've won, um, mm-hmm. but uh, it has been a fun year. I'll say that. And uh, how do the how how the parents behave? We got the parents all on the same. <laughs> the parents all on board with each other, or is there a lot of yeah. infighting? Okay. No, no, we're a lot of friends there, so we have a good time watching. Basketball, I suppose basketball at Woodbury is kind of like uh, you're kind of redheaded stepchildren out there, though, aren't you? I mean, compared to the hockey crowd, that's uh, no. That's... Actually, actually, basketball is much like uh, our our community is not uh, unlike what's going on with the state. This is just it's a basketball state, Pat. When you look at the number of kids playing, um, oh, it's, with it's... AAU and the, and the thing that has really surprised me is just the number of kids that play year-round. And it's not so much – we did a, a, our paper did a series on this. It's not so much, oh, we're trying to get a scholarship. No, you're trying to play varsity basketball. And that's what, you almost have to do that to be on the varsity team to be able to um, get a roster spot. You basically have to play year-round. So, uh, you know, basketball is just – it's booming uh, here like it is everywhere else in Minnesota. Well, and uh, one of the reasons for it, and, uh, you know, candidly, is we're a heck of a lot more diverse than we were 25 years ago. You know, there's a lot more kids, uh, you know, the, 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 there's a lot more kids in the suburbs uh, yeah. of, uh, with, a, with a basketball background, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's not, Hopkins, it's not Hopkins getting a bunch of kids from North Minneapolis. It's, uh, you know, kids live in Woodbury, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's funny, we're, we're a late. Uh, bloomers in terms of the AAU scene. I, I did a big story or a big package on this back in the spring, and we didn't get AAU basketball or AAU sports in general um, until the late, uh, was it the 80s? Um, and they changed the rule of the Minnesota State High School League rule. And actually, oh, yeah. Jim, Peterson, Jim Peterson had a great story that he was our first McDonald's All-American, right? Yes, right. St. Louis Park. And he goes out to the, Saint, to the McDonald's All-American game out in California. 24 other players, he gets on the bus, it's Doc Rivers and you know other guys that are going to go on to be NBA players, and doesn't know a soul. Now, they're all friends because these guys have been traveling the country sure. and playing in the summer circuit, but because Minnesota, the high school league, had a rule that prohibited it, no one knew him and he knew one else. Knew, he didn't know any other players, so he was kind of the first guy to, you know, to he didn't get the AAU experience, but, I mean, can you imagine that now? These kids play all over the country and know each other uh, just from playing the summer circuit, but back then... Our state didn't allow it, so we were sort of behind the curve. Oh man, we were we were unbelievable. Chip, nineteen sixty one. Now that's how old I am, and Dave Mona can tell you this because he was on the team. Uh, Minneapolis Roosevelt was a powerhouse, uh, you know, <laughs> basically like unbeaten, and yeah. they were a powerhouse. And this is one class basketball, and uh, they. They beat the. They were in Region Five, and they beat Mound, and then or they beat Royalton, and then they beat Mound, and to go to the huh. state tournament. And when they beat Mound, a couple, one of the Mound kids recognized two guys who were like the eleventh and twelfth guy on the Roosevelt team, who he had seen playing together in a little summer thing <laughs> called Demole organization, and they yeah. they had been teammates. In an organized basketball game in the summer, and they threw Roosevelt out of the state tournament. You could not oh have goodness. it. Teammates could not be organized in any fashion in summer basketball, and it that lasted probably into the seventies. It was unbelievable. I never could understand. I never got no. the answer, Pat. Was that to pro- prohibit the big schools from having an unfair advantage? Is I don't know it? what it was. I guess they wanted. I I have no idea what the whole thing was. Not. I mean, uh, it, it was just. Uh, 
It wasn't just basketball. It was every sport. No, it was you could sport. not. Yeah. You could not play any form of organized competition in the summer with a teammate. It was. Uh, some, yeah, someone told me that it changed, and I don't know if this story is true, but there was a swimmer from was it a diner Eden Prairie that was a you know like a top swimmer in the country or whatever, but couldn't go to. Uh, these you know uh, special regionals or whatever camps in the summer, and that and that changed. I don't know if that story is true, but I never really got a firm answer on why our state back then did not allow kids to play in, in specialty camps or whatever in the summer. But um, you know, it changed, and then I think that's really led to more than anything where we are as basketball because just now more kids play, and it's just kind of snowballed over the years mm-hmm. and by the way coach k will try to uh have a good team again next year i see he's only got the <laughs> one the three and the ten uh, trey jones yeah. is the 10th rated recruit he's got three more one and duns coming in uh coach k so uh you now obviously vince young running in for a touchdown on the rose yeah. Bowl will remain the number one event you've ever seen number one event you've ever covered this sunday i think so yeah yeah um, i would have up to until say that point up until that point, it was the the uh, Vince Young Reggie Bush Rose Bowl. But this one, <laughs> this one, I put ahead of it just because you just never see that. And literally, no. you know, when, when we always say, "God, I've never seen anything like it." No, you've never seen that. There's, there's never been an NFL playoff game that has ended in that fashion. And I got to be honest with you. You know, you're up in the press box saying, "All right, I'm taking this thing." Little defense yeah. didn't make a stop. Then all of a sudden, you're staring at a blank screen because you have a complete rewrite on. Just, oh yeah. And trying to put that in perspective, um, it was it was it was epic, and and just the atmosphere is because Pat, if they don't lose, if they lose that game, can you imagine the mood and reaction around town oh. with how much build up and just optimism there was with this team and having the Super Bowl here and just and how well seventeen zero at halftime and oh uh, my it's a mismatch. It no, I said that on Twitter, uh, thinking I was being funny yesterday. Or no, Sunday night, people went nuts. I was saying, you know, that, uh, you know, two hours later, don't worry, fellas, we were all still supported you, even if you hadn't pulled <laughs> off the miracle at the end. But they went from epic choke yeah. to greatest moment ever in Viking history. This is, I mean, I've seen them all, not in person, yeah. but I, I know all of them, and this is the greatest moment in Viking history. Well, and I thought when, when Breeze con- converted that fourth and ten, Ooh. Just in that situation, you're like they're not going to win this game. I mean, there's just they, this is you don't that defense does not give up those kind of plays. This team does not give up those kind of plays, and they kick the field goal. And you're thinking, all right, it's over. Even though they had enough time, you're thinking, man, it's just going to be tough. And then they start that drive with a false start. Then you're really thinking, uh, it's, yeah. it's just not in the cards. But um, yeah, you know, I guess that's that's why you play till the end. You never know <laughs> something like that could happen, and they they're living proof of it. Sounds kind of cliche when they tell us that, but. It, sometimes you get a miracle ending like that. Uh, the Wild, uh, they sell out every game. Uh, certainly, if they ever made a real Stanley Cup run, people go goofy and get on board. Yeah. The Timberwolves have finally uh, got a, a pulse. Uh, the Twins have, you know, given us the two World Series, and the you know the Gophers still exist in some form. But 
<laughs> we uh, we found out who the boss is on uh, yeah. Sunday. I've never seen uh, this is this is every bit the reaction of '87 uh, when the Twins won the first World Series just to, to win this playoff game. But the the people I saw down here in Fort Myers are just every, every Minnesota I run into, they're still going nuts. Yeah, and that's I was just you know at my my son's basketball game here. Every parent was like, "God, can you believe that game is just you know?" And that's you walk in any coffee shop, restaurant. That's what people are talking about. And and it, I felt it before the game with just the mood around town with everybody doing purple and just on social media. And I don't know if I was asking somebody this the other day, and I, maybe I'm reading this completely wrong. Has there been more of that now? than we saw in 2009 with that team, or is it just because social media is more prevalent and we're seeing it more? Um, and we had the far factor, so that, that team was created its own kind of circus, but uh, it just seems like there's something galvanizing about well, the you team. Well, were, you were underdogs in 2009 to New Orleans. We were, you know, Correct. you were disappointed, but you were not surprised. Uh, this, the anticipation that you're going to get to play the Super Bowl for the first time in 41 years, yeah, and uh, with full confidence, people they can say, "Oh, they're uh, you know something always bad happens to the Vikings," but they don't really believe it. The, deep in their soul, the real Viking fans, and there's a million of them in the state at least, uh, felt like this team was going to go to the Super Bowl. And there's an optimism. Ninety, the only time it compares in is is ninety eight, and then you got to go back to playing outdoors at Met Stadium. Yeah. As far yeah, as yeah. And it, saying I, this is this is going to happen, and uh, yep. that's that's what made that's what has made it so crazy. I think. Yeah, and and I also think it's just there's been so much just heartbreak with this uh, organization and and the way they've lost, and then you have that optimism, that feeling like you know what this team is better than anybody that's left standing. They're going to be in the Super Bowl, and then you're I mean you literally walk to the edge of that cliff. You have. <laughs> Your feet dangling over the cliff, yes. and then you somehow win it like that, which you, you've never seen that happen. I think those things just kind of conspired and, and, and led to this just volcanic reaction of euphoria that's in town, and, and it's going to be interesting. I think, Pat, I think this is a mature team, and I think Zimmer will get the, the team's feet back on the ground tomorrow when they come back, but that's that's not an easy thing to do to you know come off something like that and then you know ramp it back up to where you know you need to to be your focus, but I think with this team, just kind of the maturity they have and the hunger they have, I don't, I don't a lot, other teams I might have a you know concern about that. With this one, I, I really don't think that's going to be an issue at all. And the other big advantage is they're better than the other guys. <laughs> that's, yes. that's yeah, that's the good that, thing. They're better than the Eagles. So. Yeah, I would be. I, I'm definitely going to pick them. I just don't think the Eagles without wins. Um, I just don't think they're in the same category as. as uh, the Vikings, I think the Vikings defense will – now, they got a good defense. I, I'll give them that. But I just think offensively they're really going to struggle to score points against the Vikings. All right, Chip. Thank you, whoa, sir. Whoa, whoa, thank whoa, whoa. Wait a minute. Whoa. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. We can't let him go without uttering a congratulations to our guy, Chipper. Oh, thank you. You're oh, welcome. I appreciate it. Chip Patrick today was named the Minnesota Sports Writer of the Year by the National Sportscasters and Sports Writers Hall of Fame. Congratulations, well, uh, Chipper. Yes, congratulations. Uh, it's cool, not huh? easy to beat Charlie Walters. He had that for about 20 years. So, uh, <laughs> you know, Congrats, Chip. Again. All All right. Thank you, guys. Uh, I appreciate it. Bye-bye. All right, Chip. Uh, we'll be back. 
Manny Hill, do you have anything to complain about today, sir? Well, not me in particular, but the Golden State Warriors have something to complain Ooh. about. Did you guys see this? They beat they beat the Cavaliers <laughs> yes, yesterday right. in Cleveland. The uh, this I'll just read the headline from the USA Today story. Warriors treated to cold showers in Cleveland after beating Cavaliers. <laughs> and the showers in the locker the rooms didn't have any hot water, apparently. Have the Cavs lost five in a row now? Or just I think four? it is five in a row five now. Five in a row. Yeah. Wow. And their record since Christmas Day, what did I see, like two and eight? Yeah. 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 And just wow. remember, they had that stretch where they won like 18, 18 out of 20. 19. 18, yeah, 18 out, out of 19. 19. Yeah. And, that, and apparently dissension has reared its ugly head. Kevin Durant, so, Kevin Durant apparently yelled, "Man, they got to do something in the queue. Somebody call Brian." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't an accident either. I'm sure they did it on purpose uh, yeah. to turn, give them cold water in there. What do you got, Reeves? Uh, my daily complaint, and I would have issued this yesterday, but I was off. Steve Sarkeesian. The last sequence of play calls when you had first and goal from the nine yard line when you're trying to burn clock. You are the dumbest play caller in the history of football, you moron. Well, uh, today uh, it was there was indicate there were reports today that Dan Quinn is going to keep him, and apparently oh, the Atlanta fans have gone goofy. He is a moron, it. and not that I would be mad, you know, if you know guy had a rooting interest for home tickets for the NFC Championship game in any way, but well, he's remember, an idiot. Remember how mad everybody was at Kyle Shanahan last year in the Super Bowl because of the yeah. play calling late in the game, and yeah. then they replace him. You know, he goes on to the 49ers That's and true. they replace him with Sark, and That's true. It's even, it's gotten even worse. Still a very odd uh, hire. There, it was. I, uh, I'm with in, you. Uh, bringing in a guy from uh, Alabama, uh, who would uh, just a college guy. Who was so. only at Alabama for like six Two minutes. Months. Yeah. yeah, right. Because uh, <laughs> Kiffin came in there. What's your uh, daily complaint, sir? My daily complaint is that uh, people are upset because I'm supporting Sean Payton uh, for agitating. What the hell's wrong with it? He's having a little fun, and you made him. You made him. Bite it, right? And not to mention, Mikey's have they never met it. you? This is what you do. <laughs> you, no, add, you. I'm talking. But I do like Peyton. I think he's an offensive genius. He helps to have one of the three best quarterbacks that ever played. <laughs> right, but, uh, that does help matters. Is, uh, yeah, I think he's a very good offensive guy, and uh, he's an agitator. That's fine. We need those in sports. Absolutely. Yes, that's right. All right, we will uh, do this tomorrow. Trevor May will be with us for a while, and then we'll uh, see what. And Herm, we expect Herm too.